Well, hello, everybody. It is great to be back with you again. My name is Jason Courtney, and I'm the host here at Old Fashioned Work and Whiskey. As always in studio with me, our co-host and chief engineer, Mr. Olin Hyde. How's it hanging? That's not a good question for the podcast. You're supposed to say low and to the right. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> That's set up. You want us to redo the intro for that? <laughs> no, no. I love the, I love the candor. Ooh. Oh, man. It is so good to be back with you guys. I took last week off and was on vacation. And we're in studio today and enjoying some Michter's Single Barrel Straight Rye. Um, Olin and I had a good discussion pre podcast recording about the pronunciation and we both screwed it up and <laughs> so we're glad we looked it up we did look it up and it is michter's um and it is barreled in louisville kentucky at the michter's distillery llc um it is a wonderful wonderful um bourbon that we've had before or i'm sorry a whiskey that we've had before and it is uh it is, it's going to be a good one. I haven't had it yet in today's Old Fashioned, but I've had it before. Um, and we even have a bottle of the uh, small batch up there for a couple episodes from now. So yeah, you ready to try Have you tried it yet? I have not yet oh, today. Well, let's I'm, give us a little, yeah, a little cheersy. Cheers. It's good. Smooth. I do see the fruitiness that... Uh, Caleb referred to yeah, pre-show. Yeah, we let Caleb try, uh, try one pre-show. He's a uh, director of operations for us here with our commercial janitorial company. And, yeah, this, it's good, though. I like it. It's yeah, it's not sweet. It's not, you know, some of the fruitier bourbons and whiskeys tend to be a little sweet. And this one I don't feel like has a sweetness. It's just a great flavor. Now, of course, it could be the fresh, filthy cherries oh, that are giving the fruitiness. So. Thank God. We have to weigh that in there. Yeah, no more moldy cherries. <laughs> We're not sure it was mold. It could have just been like frost because the free. That's what Jason really... kept telling us. We didn't get sick, so it must have just been must have been frost. So or the booze were killing the mold. That's true. So, well, today we are talking about developing trust and respect. Um, those two things are key in any kind of relationship, whether it's professional or personal. Um, you know. It's important that we build respect and trust with the people that we work with and, and our spouses and our children. You know, there we find that there are levels, right? Just like there are with leadership. John C. Maxwell talks about the levels of leaderships. Well, uh, in our time here as leaders, we've gotten to spend some time under some great leaders and motivators. And one of the guys we spent some time with was Stephen M. R. Covey at a retreat we were at a couple of years ago. And he talked to us about um the speed of trust right that was that was the topic of his yeah it was and we've actually or at least i have i've probably heard him on this topic speak five times so i think i'm only at three so you're probably two ahead of me but yeah because uh he was i think he spoke at ifa in a, a small setting and then uh where where the other one would have been that i know we had him at bscai yep. and i know we had him at office pride yeah um, i think i went to a training conference and heard him speak there as okay. well yeah, yeah no it's great and it's one of those lessons when he teaches it that it like you think it's so simple but then when you hear him you're like that makes total sense like and in, in in the sense that we've been thinking about it incorrectly for most of our lives on trust yeah and 
And so he talks about the the five waves is what he calls it, the five waves of trust. And he says a trust as trust is manifest in each successive wave, the effect of trust becomes cumulative and exponential, meaning that it's not just a little bit better, it's exponentially better. It's each wave that you cross, you gain not another wave, it's like another hundred waves. Yeah, and the illustration he talks about is like if you threw a, a rock into a pond, like the ripples that are created from that start out real small, but as they grow out, they get larger and they larger. Get bigger and bigger and have more affect the ground more area right? right so let's talk about the first wave of trust it's self-trust right yeah and so it talks about focusing on increasing credibility inspiring confidence how do you, how do you go about doing that in the office Owen? so we've worked hard on if one if you say you're going to do something you, you deliver on it right so that's what helps build your credibility which is one of our core values is accountability commitment. Absolutely. Right? And it's one of the big things we teach in the organization. Yeah. Cause you don't want to have a credibility gap, right? You don't want to say, Hey, I'm going to do this and then not do it. Cause that creates the credibility gap. And then people start to not trust you and think you won't come through on what you agree to do. And I think the self-trust comes down to holding yourself accountable to that, right? Because it's so easy sometimes, most importantly, like we see this every January 1st, Someone says, oh, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to eat healthy and I'm going to lose all this weight. I hate going to the gym in January. It is the worst. It is so busy. It's still busy now, but it's the regulars and you're used to work. Like yesterday we were doing shoulders and there was a guy on the machine we wanted to be on. But we know him. We see him in the gym every day at 530. He's like, hey, you guys want to work in? Absolutely. You get somebody that's a newbie there that doesn't know what working in is or doesn't know that you shouldn't sit and talk on your phone <laughs> while you're working out. You know, it's just <laughs> awful. Yeah. So that, you know, and then they, they fail on it pretty quickly, right? Usually mm-hmm. within the first month. Most of the people that end up there fail on it. So their self-trust really goes down because, you know, they were made this commitment to nobody else, just themselves, and they can't deliver on it. Yeah. So as we grow out of self-trust, we go into relationship trust. So apply specific behaviors to improve trust with primary stakeholders, right? So Olin and I have a relationship trust. We've known each other for 20 plus years. We have that relationship where we can be vulnerable with one another. We can ask each other to hold each other accountable. And we have that relationship that really allows us the, that level of comfort where I may say, you know, I don't know that Olin can handle this, but it's Olin, right? Mm -hmm. He may not have specific experience when I'm asking him to do, but over and over and over again, he's proven that he'll get done what he says he's going to get done. So we have that relationship. Yeah. And it's, there are other like smaller things that uh, build it up over time, which are, you know, things like, Hey, I need to confide in you on something and then not breaking that confidence. Right. So you, it's not doing that once that helps build the relationship trust. (laughs) You have to have a series of those scenarios where, you've been able to demonstrate that you can hold their confidence on things that are important. So I have this rule where if you talk with me about something, it's fair game. Unless you kind of come into me, like so Terry and I, our hiring manager, he'll tell me something and I'll ask him. At first, first I didn't ask and I would share things that he may not have wanted me to share because I'm thinking like it's just nothing. Like, But I'm like, hey, is this in the vault? And he's like, yes, this is in the vault. And then I know I can't talk with it about other people. 
Right. How many items do you, you guys have keep, for your vault? You can only keep five things oh, okay. in the vault. You gotta throw them out. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you're, uh, was it Gossip Girls? New Girl. New Girl. That's what it is. I, I gave up on that show. It was really annoying to me. But <laughs> Olin loves it, and that's one of Nick's things. Is you can only keep five. Nick things. and Winston. Yeah, yeah, you can only keep five things in the vault, and so. We, uh, yeah, I do like, Hey, is this in the vault? And then, cause if not, I'll, I'll share it. Cause I just, I'm candid. I'm open. I am vulnerable. There's nothing that's off limits for me. Well, as a, it's not always served me well on the business side, but on the pastor side, <clears throat> I just never shared anything because you never knew <laughs> like, in so, unless someone asked Yet again, Olin and I are <laughs> polar opposites, <laughs> unless someone was like, Hey, can you make sure you share this out with the church or whatever? Like you just built in yourself the habit of people come to you and they talk to you about these type of things all the time. And so I just never spoke about it with anyone yeah. and built that up as a habit. And yeah, it's not always served me well on the business side. No, but it, it is nice to know that there's confidence in, in, you know, knowing that if you tell you, if you, if someone was to tell you something, it's not going to get around, you know, there are yeah. other people that you have to worry about what you say to them because it could leak out for sure. But that comes with the relationship tr trust. Next is the organizational trust, where uh, design organizations on trust and choose symbols that promote trust. Um, you know, for us, we have accountability tools like uh, the 90 app that we use that have to-dos and rocks. So those help us to build those. Uh, we can see people getting their to-dos done, their milestones accomplished. You know, we're a faith-based organization, which inherently brings some trust. Now, it's not doesn't give you the full rights right away, but being a faith-based company and many of us being believers, there's that base level of organizational trust there as well. Yeah. And we work hard to build on that. And so, you know, a lot of organizational mistrust happens around failures, right? And so if somebody screws up, they're worried they're going to lose their job because there's a culture of fear almost. And so we've really tried to dispel that every opportunity that we've had where we didn't live up to expectations or somebody didn't deliver. And it's always an, an analysis of, well, what happened? Why did we fail? Was this just laziness? Was this a process that we didn't have in place? Like how do we make sure as an organization, we don't repeat this. And if that's what happens, then the failure builds trust. Yeah, It's when a failure happens and heads roll that people then be like, well, I, you know, I'm not going to, own up to that yeah and and so one of the reasons we have found success is the next level of trust which is market trust right so it's strengthen brand equity and deliver on value proposition with customers and other stakeholders so so with our customer base we have tried to make sure that we go through who we are as an organization and then provide that consistent service right so we tell them hey we're not perfect right? We're not going to never make a mistake, but what we are going to do is we're going to make it right. We're going to fix it. You know, we have a brand promise of one call resolution where if you call, we're going to take care of it. You're not going to have to keep calling. Now, are we perfect at that? Absolutely not. But our customers see our effort in that and they value that with our market trust. Absolutely. And it's, that's why we have no problems when it comes to people asking for references and We've seen that even more recently where we weren't the cheapest, but because our references had nothing but great things to say about us, we were selected 
regardless. Absolutely. And then the last wave that Stephen M. R. Covey talks about is societal trust. Focus on creating value and meaningful contribution for all stakeholders. And and I think that comes like it comes with some maturity in the business. Absolutely. And and the brand value, like Disney, right? Like people inherently trust Disney at this point. It's been around for a long time. They have a, everybody knows them for creating great, successful things, whether it's theme parks, movies, um, characters, songs, TV shows. Uh, you know, like when, when they rolled out Disney Plus, it wasn't, hey, I need to sign up for a seven-day trial to make sure this is going to be good, right? Yeah, everybody was, knew what was going to be hey, on there. this is Disney Plus. I'm going to go ahead and buy it. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, if you have a family like, I mean, we do. We have kids. Like, it wasn't really a thought of should we or should we not. We knew the content on it was going to be fantastic and that our children would love it. And it was, was going to be a quality player. It's not like... One of these up and coming, maybe I'll try and figure it out. I mean, yeah. And, and for most of the content on there, we didn't have to wonder, like, do I need to sit down and watch this with the kids? Like we knew it was going to be wholesome and safe for them. And we didn't have to think twice about setting up a kid's profile and just letting them pick their yeah. own shows. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the five waves of trust. Let's talk about respect a little bit because R-E-S-P-E-C-T <laughs> is a little different than trust, right? It is. So how would... How would you distinguish between trust and, and respect? So respect to me is generated by someone that shows care, concern. Um, it's almost an emotional thing. It's not necessarily, you know, like I don't respect Disney because of Disney. I respect Disney because I've been there and I've experienced excellent customer service. I've had them go out of their way to make things right for us, right? So there's that's the respect portion of it. I trust Disney because of the long longevity of their company and the massive success that they've had. Yeah. Well, I think you're you're coming to what I was wanting to point out. There's two kinds of respect, right? There's uh, a respect for the position or authority and then there's uh respect for a person and and those two things are different right like wh whatever your political affiliation is the position of the president of the united states demands a certain level of respect regardless of who holds it absolutely right and that respect is when they say hey here's what we want to do or when they're talking like people stop and listen and it doesn't mean that you trust that person but you may you have to respect the position and and what they hold yeah absolutely and that's that kind of works on the levels of leadership from john c maxwell some people will do what you say because of your position right so i'm the ceo at office pride you're the vice president at office pride pensacola like we what we say has weight because of who we are right. but outside of that now we've built relationships and we've built uh trust with our co-workers that say hey we're going to do it because they have a proven track record of doing the right thing and of finding success yeah i think referrals are the next level of what i would sh talk about with respect right if i ask you hey who do you use to mow the lawn at your house and you go well i use xyz company like i'm just going to call them because i respect you and i know that you don't you're not going to just hire somebody that's going to rip me off or, yeah, because I, and I would say, you know, if there's sometimes we have subpar service, 
with whatever we're using. And I'll say, hey, I've had some iffy experiences. He's a good person, so I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. But just so you know, like if when I'm giving that referral, you know, I I give context too, right? Because my word carries weight, right? If I say yeah. this and you have a subpar service, not only does it affect his business, but it affects my word, right? If you, if I say, Hey, this person you can trust, no doubt. And you go and you don't have a great experience. You don't just think less of that person. You think less of me like, well, why is Jason giving me this crappy referral? Why is he yeah. giving me this, this crappy reference? And yeah. And that's not what we want. So that's why I always try to clarify, like, hey, I've had some good experiences, but this is uh, these are also my concerns. And you're right. I, just for giggles, I went and Googled the definition real quick of uh, respect. And it's a feeling of deep admiration for someone or something elicited by their abilities, qualities, or achievements. Right? See? And I did not, I, I swear to you, I did not Google that before this podcast. That's just my take on respect. Once again, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm not always right. I'm right a lot, but <laughs> not all the time. But that was that's how I view respect because, once again, sometimes you respect the position. Sometimes you respect the person. And we've all experienced that over the years and years and years and years of, of business and the years of personalities. You know, I, I think back to when we were in church together, you know, Pam Gallops. Like, we just respected her. At first because of the position, but then because we knew her. Like we knew she, she cared. Yeah. Like she cared about us individually. She cared about us as a group. And she put us on a I mean, she always put us first. Above the church, yeah. above her husband sometimes it felt like. But like <laughs> she cared about us. And that, that, and that generated that respect. Respect for her. And to this day, I haven't seen her in probably seven or eight years. She texted yeah. me the other day from our ward, and like it was the world. Like I was like, "Oh man, she's thinking." I'm like, I, I, the fact that she, uh, you know, appreciated us and our efforts and gave us praise, like because it was her, right? I've put her on a pedestal of respect Absolutely. at this point. It meant more than just the average, you know, if the senior pastor of the biggest mega church in America, because I don't know them. I respect their position, but I don't respect the person because I don't know them. Yeah, it's like it's completely different than. Uh you know, you're at a networking event. Someone's like, hey, could you do me a favor? Like, there's no respect built up there. But if Pam called and said, hey, Jason, I really need you to do me a favor, there's a, all right, well, I'm going to listen to it and see. So do you give people a little bit of trust and respect up front and let them go either positively or negatively? I am that type of individual. Me you too. start with, uh, you know, we'll, yeah, a base level of trust, and then you either go up or down from there based on, your your actions so yesterday i got a call and i answer my phone no matter if i know the number or not because i'm a businessman and i don't know what it's going to entail well i get this guy that's trying to sell me a b2b contact list and he's like hey you know would you be interested i'm like no sir we're, we're good well why not well first of all because i said so but secondly we just don't do business that way like we go out and we network we go out and we cold call or we do seo well, I don't, I don't need to buy a list. I can, you know, I can find out who's in, in the area. I can get those contacts naturally or organically. He's like, well, we don't just sell lists. And I'm like, well, you don't? He's like, no, we sell an organized list of data or an, an, an organized, a constantly updated, updated 
configuration of data and i'm like isn't that just a sequential fancy or something right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, isn't that just a fancy word a way to say list and uh no and so all my trust went out the door my respect went out the door he went from having a base level to having zero and so after trying to be nice and get off the phone with him i finally just said hey we're not interested thanks click you know yeah, absolutely it's like i mean i literally cackled when you recounted the conversation it to was me unbelievable so yeah we start with this base level and then you have to grow it and they talk about like the absence of trust in um the five dysfunctions of a team with patrick lencioni and if you have an absence of trust then you don't feel safe being vulnerable or admitting weaknesses because it could be used against you right but with trust and i feel like our organization especially our slt does have that high level of trust you can be vulnerable and it's not going to be used against you it's going to be used to help you figure out how you can become better and it will they'll, they'll challenge you to be the stronger better person yeah and in in the speed of trust one of the things he talks about is as trust goes up in an organization things move faster and the cost of doing business goes down and he talks about an, a, a deal that had happened. And really, we have our own example of that. So right after I came on board, you had the opportunity to buy a franchise out that was operating down in Tampa. And we had a high level of trust with this individual. And so if you've never done a business acquisition, typically there's a whole lot of what's called due diligence that's got to take place where you're looking at their profit and loss and you're looking at their balance sheets and you're auditing to make sure that their business is what they say it is, that the numbers aren't baked and faked so that it looks like they're doing a really good job when, when truthfully they're not. You want to go in and take a, a inventory of the organization really and find out like, are people going to leave as soon as we buy? Like, how are they committed to the organization? So there's, you know, and that usually takes months and months, you know, to, to make this happen. But with this situation, she approached you and you said, send me your P and L's. We took it at face value. And within two months, oh, I would say it was faster than that. But yeah, I mean, there was very, very little due diligence done. There was a lot of just trust based on their word and the deal was done. And equally yeah. like we've financed the yeah, purchase we, yeah, like so we we paid uh i think half up front and then we financed the rest over 10 months she didn't ask for a credit report she didn't ask to see our pnl she's just no like, promissory no yeah, like yeah it was just a handshake. it was all handshake like and that's where you know he talks about in the book where high trust can help an organization move forward and even like you said even inside of our organization mm -hmm. we don't have to stop and wonder like well why are they saying that or are they telling the truth? We need to verify this. Like we we have established a high level of trust, and so we're able to make quick decisions and, and move forward. Absolutely. Well, as we're winding down our time, so we're going to give you a couple of reference points to learn on this if you like to read or listen to um, – audio books like i do uh so the first book that we've been talking about is the speed of trust great book uh, i think it was written in 2006 by stephen m r covey and uh, great book great ideas great um great thought provoking things so sometimes you read a book and it's just meh, it's face value you're like it's real real shallow yeah we've only scratched the surface don't yeah. think of this as a yeah, cliff this notes is not in depth. Yeah, no I mean, this is <laughs> There's this still is, a lot we haven't like touched. This is like a, a, a 
preface of the summary. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's very very light into what actually gets discussed. Uh, the other book that I mentioned was the Five Dysfunctions of a Team, where they talk about the a, a lack of trust or a fear of dis, of trust. Um, another one that I would recommend is um, from Dale Carnegie. Um, that group they do. Um, what is it? How to win friends, How to win and, influence friends and influence people. people. Yeah, that was recommended to our VP of corporate <laughs> <laughs> uh, many years ago. It's you know one of those things where you can learn a lot. So those are three key takeaways from us. Um, trust, respect. It's important in personal life. It's important in business. So be intentional about it. Make sure you're going out of your way to to build that with your coworkers, with your family, and it'll have a lasting effect. Absolutely. So as we wind down, we want you to reach out to us at oldfashionedworkingwhiskey at gmail.com. We want you to follow, like, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, you name it, you follow us. We love you. We appreciate you. We'll see you next time. It's always so close on that. I like it, though. <laughs> I like to be close. <laughs>